The first time we encountered a fig tree in Mark, Jesus was cursing it. He and the disciples had been on the road and Jesus was hangry. He saw a fig tree in the distance. A very promising fig tree because it was full and plush and green. And he came close to it and examined its branches full of hope. And lo and behold, there were no figs. It was fruitless. So Jesus hexed it. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. The next morning on the way back, the disciples passed by that same fig tree. And wouldn't you know it, it has withered all the way down to the stump. And I confess, though, that I have not spent a whole lot of time thinking about figs and fig trees in Scripture. About the only thing I think of when I think of figs this time of year is the figgy pudding that Bob Cratchit's wife makes in a Christmas carol. Mark's mention of the fig tree has not been a text that ever pulls at my heartstrings. Jesus cursing the fig tree has always seemed just a strange and peculiar episode made up of a frustrated Jesus, confused disciples, and a poor tree that never had a chance to spend some energy on producing some fruit. But we have to stand back from Mark a few feet to get a wider view of what Jesus is doing across several days. Jesus curses the fig tree one day. It withers the next. And then Jesus explains these things on yet another day. Jesus tells most of his parables in minutes. But this one spans the better part of a week. From the fig tree, learn this lesson, he says, and by lesson he means parable, a little allegory, a short story where the, the characters symbolize crucial, important things, a riddle that when the meaning strikes us, it reveals something breathtaking, earth-shattering, mind-blowing about God. Mark is full of clues that connect the fig tree to the temple. The Jerusalem temple was not only revered as the location of God's very presence, it was also Judea's central business district, right in the heart of Jerusalem. The temple was the, the focal point of all kinds of commercial enterprises, from goldsmithing to construction to the perfume trade. People weren't only buying doves for sacrifices at those tables that Jesus finally flipped. You'd be hard-pressed to find a dollar in circulation anywhere in Judea that had not passed through the temple. The temple determined much of the region's economic order. The temple determined much of the region's social order. The temple determined the religious order of the time. The temple is the fig tree, thriving, plush, evergreen. And accursed. Now, a word of caution. By cursing the fig tree as a symbol of the temple, Jesus is not cursing Jews or Judaism. On the contrary, he's cursing a failed, warped institution. 
He's cursing the distortion of God's house. He's cursing social, economic, religious orders that that thrive without producing fruit. The temple is prosperous. It's a bustling religious civic center, but the fruit it bears is for its own preservation. It's not bearing fruit that nourishes people. It thrives, but more like a parasite off of people, on the backs of common people. Matthew and Luke both recall Jesus chastising the acolytes of this order. Woe to you religious experts, which I say nervously. You weigh people down with heavy burdens and you don't lift a finger to help them. Advent begins with a prophecy that is at once both hopeful and fearsome. Many of us decorate our trees the weekend after Thanksgiving, only to hear at church on the first Sunday of Advent, and this happens every year, the first Sunday of Advent, it's a little scary, lots of signs and wonders, lots of things happening in the heavens. So you, you decorate your, your tree on Thanksgiving weekend, and then you come to church for the first Sunday of Advent, and there's the sun and the moon going dark. We string up our lights, and then we hear that the lights of the stars are falling from the heavens. We deck our halls, and then we hear on Sunday morning that the halls of power are about to undergo a seismic disruption. Advent begins in this tension between the joys and and warm glow of this festive season and the hairs rising on the backs of our necks at what Jesus says is coming. The lesson of the fig tree teaches us that a new world is sprouting beneath the concrete of the old order. And faith teaches us to live well in this tension, to be a person of faith today. It means keeping our balance while straddling the gap between the crumbling old order and the promised new creation. Jesus says at his coming, that we can expect even the stars to fall from heaven. Taken literally, that's disturbing enough. But taken symbolically, I want to say this to you today. This is one of the most hopeful things you'll ever hear. In this reading, the stars represent powerful ideas, ideologies, institutions. And when these stars see Jesus coming on the clouds, they fall. They will no longer have the power over us that they do now. This is the hope of Advent. Advent begins with Jesus saying stars will fall from heaven and Advent ends with Mary saying the infant Jesus will bring down the powerful from their thrones. Merry Christmas, everyone. What are some examples of the stars falling? You can find them this way. You can start by discerning what is burdening or oppressing you or someone that you love and tracing it back to the source. Could be as as small as a, a dysfunctional family dynamic. A legacy that perhaps spans generations for you and your family. 
A story of broken relationships and revenge that still holds power over you and yours and whose ripples still wash up onto the Thanksgiving table. Or the star could be hovering over your daily life through the large for-profit corporation that you're working for. The one that treats you like a number on a ledger. A number they like to keep smaller so that the numbers of the shareholders can be greater. Or the star could be an ideology as old and as violent and as oppressive as white supremacy. And whether we are the recipients of its violence or the beneficiaries of it, as Christians we can hope together for the stars falling at the sight of Jesus coming on the clouds. Now do these stars really fall? Do old orders ever really go away? Do things ever really change? It's hard to see it sometimes. But yes, they do. Maybe you've even been the agent of change in your family, the one who has recognized the dysfunctional pattern and decided to change it in your own life and create some new, healthy, good things that your children and grandchildren will inherit. I don't know how many of you uh, were at least kids in the 80s and the early 90s before big tobacco got some rules passed against it. You remember how just about everywhere you went, there was cigarette smoke hanging in the air? Anybody remember this? There, there were diners in my hometown I had to stop, drop, and roll in to get to the hamburger. Now, yes, of course, we still have the big companies and they still make lots of money, but I don't have to stop, drop, and roll anymore. The air is different. Things have changed. Now, I went, I went to seminary and I lived, went to seminary in Richmond, Virginia. And I lived just down from Monument Avenue. I, I passed it every, way, every day on the way to school. Every day I passed Robert E. Lee. You know how permanent he looked? He's gone. Or as one of my friends from Alabama says, gone. He is gone. Advent reminds us that the age of falling stars and the fulfillment of God's dream has already begun. It began in Golgotha with Jesus' loud cry and last breath. The fig tree withered. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. And people did see signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. And within that generation of disciples, the temple came down just as Jesus described. Not one stone was left upon another. Happily for us, who are weary and carrying many burdens. This is the fate of these stars. This is the lesson of the fig tree. The days are numbered for the powers that oppress 
and dominate us. And the day grows nearer for the one who comes with power and might to save us. So today we begin waiting with hope and enjoying these sights and sounds of the falling stars. And Jesus says to those of us who are not yet seeing it, wake up.